and it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And we're live. This is the damn good day show. We're here with my friend Evan Pagliata. I can't believe you've only been friends for a few months now, but I feel like I've known you forever. I know it's weird because you can just you can interact with someone for for two seconds. You can look into their eyes, and you just know. Yeah, right? you you know that you're like of the of the same feather, so to speak, right? Hundred percent. And yeah. it's like if we had gone to the same college, we probably would have been boys in college. Exactly. And judging by your existence in this earth, depicts your entire friend circle, who you're around. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and. I feel like a lot of these folks are flocking to Miami or just leaving wherever they grew up in general because they want that community. And I think that's one thing that's lacking today. But I feel like a lot of people don't think that maybe Miami is a big community. I, I would think that a lot of people think it's almost this sort of fake place where people are trying to be too crazy and just party all the time. And I would assume a lot of people actually don't get that community. I think we're some of the lucky ones because we we joined these this group of people through pickleball and other things where we, I love the people we chill with. Yeah, but there is a lot of that fake stuff for sure for sure <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of like yeah i found myself facade. i found myself going to 11 for the first time recently oh how was that <laughs> i mean it's an experience right? man um, it's pretty dope All right, which floor were you at uh or is the, that tmi the, the second yeah. the second All right. yeah, yeah yeah all right i heard third is when it starts to get a little uh a little yeah too it, go- fun. it gets crazy and by the way for everyone listening half my face uh is numb right now i am on a ton of novocaine because I just had four cavities filled. And I'm not proud of that because I, I used to get so fired up about cav- about not getting cavities. My mom used to just heck me all the time. Like, you got cavities? And the reason being is I've actually had like another five cav- uh, cavities about six months ago. Why do I have all these cavities? Well, three or four years ago, I got on the whole fluoride-free toothpaste train because there was some sort of article and I made that slight optimization. In the water and And I just stopped thinking about it then, thinking I was making the right decision. Mm -hmm. And because it was fluoride-free, I've just been getting littered with cavities. So I've just recently made the switch to fluoride. I now know that it's not good to consume fluoride, but you can brush your teeth with it. It helps a lot. It does. (laughs) I did the same thing with aluminum-free deodorant. You know, I was like, oh, aluminum, it's going to clog your pores and all this stuff. You know, I was when I was out I in Hawaii. I that too. Yeah. And, and I just smelled like crap What's that the brand for the aluminum brand that everyone gets? I don't. Uh, is it? Is it Tom's? It might be Tom's. Yeah. Scott, do you know if it's Tom's? Tom's is, is the brand. Yeah. Yeah. They have a bunch of healthy that stuff. That was one of the best They've... marketing campaigns ever. Yeah. It... It's, it's like super clean. It's just, you know, the white label with just like couple plants in it that's all you need it's interesting when health trends go viral so recently it was with oat milk i remember i was buying oatly all the time at whole foods and our phil michaels is this awesome business success coach and he mm-hmm. recommended oatly to me and now it turns out oatly's not the play why is and that because there's extra ingredients in it and you need to get really pure uh, oat milk so the best one now is called elmhurst Elmhurst. Never heard of that one. There's only three ingredients. It's literally like water, oats, and one other thing. Or you can just make it yourself. Chef Michael makes it himself. Yeah, it's super easy. Is it? So easy. You get a, what is it called? Not a tea bag. There, there's a tea bag. There's a there's a particular <laughs> bag that's that's really fine. Oh, grained. it's a what is that sheepskin? 
No, sheep something? Doesn't matter. But all you do is just fill that with either crushed almonds or you fill it with, you know, oats and then you just pour water on it. And that's all. Do you know how much you would need? Does a Quaker. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, you have to use a lot. We used to do it in Hawaii all the time. It's a process when you get the coconuts, you know. Do you make coconut milk from that? We just take straight coconut water. Yeah. Pop the top, pour it down. You get a nice machete. You know, we not we haven't gotten a nice machete in. Because I was thinking you can just go to Crandon Park and there are tens of thousands of coconuts, and I can just you know strap on a harness, climb those trees, and I feel like people do that. But if you want to take any of these coconuts anytime, go ahead. You have to be sort of a savage though. They're tall. They're high up there. I know. Yeah. You you definitely you know scrape up your your but you ask yourself what's the actual value of the coconut versus the amount of work that goes into it and then you got to decide is it worth it i like putting in the work and i don't really care about the reward you know like like the journey yard work is a great example of that exactly exactly just like getting that sweat and and you know just just that meditation right because everything nowadays you're you're like in your phone or you're constantly thinking about something that's not the immediate task at hand but then, you know, you do something like yard work and it becomes a meditation. It's just you're solely focused on that. It could be archery. It could be, um, you know, sports like pickleball. We're not thinking about anything else. And I think that's why we love it so much because you get people together. You just and you're just focused on hitting that that little wiffle ball. Are you familiar with Howard Gardner's theory of it's like his eightfold theory of intelligence? So I think he's a social psychologist. Um, and also, I'm an idiot, so I'm not. I'm gonna I mess. I'm gonna mess out. mess a lot of this up. But basically, there are, you know, in school you go through really two intelligences, uh, in in his words, which are you know verbal English and math. And there are so many other types of intelligences. Like you can't say that Eminem is not linguistically intelligent or that LeBron James isn't kinesthetically intelligent. Um, and then there's interpersonal, intrapersonal. There's spiritual, and there's one or two more that I'm that I'm missing on but you know my theory of intelligence is basically like you know when you have a character in a video game that has all of these bars you know like you know um like power speed all of this stuff yeah it's like whoever has the most of those bars filled across all eight types of intelligences I think that makes you more intelligent so even though if you have a hundred in math you know, in that, in this metaphoric bar, but you don't know yourself. You don't know how to interact with others. You can't, you know, swing a baseball bat or a golf club and, and you can't do any of the other types of, in, or, or you're not uh, apt at the other types of intelligences. I don't consider you intelligent. Like you're good at math at that one thing and situational intelligence, but you might not be holistically intelligent. So, you know, I like trying to be well-rounded, but so it's almost the street. There's a street smarts, right? There's that level of intelligence. There's emotional intelligence. There's memory intelligence. You can just recite things. And then there's being able to put it all together. It is interesting. Some of the brightest people are total idiots at certain things. Oh yeah. That's great. And it blows my mind. Like super geniuses, you know, can't, don't know how to do their laundry, you know? And most in like math are not really good at communicating with people. Yeah. And that's what's interesting about the school system because there's such an anxiety prone year when you're end of junior year going into senior year as a high schooler because all anyone ever talks about is what college did you get into? And that's the social circle. Oh, you went to an Ivy League? Like, oh, shit. 
Exactly. Yeah. You're the man. Yeah. But really, none of that at all made sense. And now, once you hit your late 20s, early 30s, that is all just beyond even at that point because people have had times to let their actual and other levels of intelligence that's outside just societal intelligence blossom. Yeah, and different experiences that they've had. Um, you know, like I was, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good in the business world now. I mean, long way to go, obviously, but, you know, my first career was farming in Hawaii. Then I was, you know, in residential real estate, then, you know, invest in banking, sales, and trading. And it's like, how but it's did interesting that because and, when we say it's almost the way you said that it's farming in Hawaii as if that isn't in a way it's almost like that that doesn't require much intelligence or skill yeah. but that experience to me is what I, sort of attracted me to your brain when I first met you no homo <laughs> and uh, essentially being able to have that love for something so obscure like a plant it's fascinating. Yeah, and then I come here to your house, which is an oasis. It's an absolute oasis. I'm jealous. Thanks, man. Absolutely jealous. Mikasa, Sukasa. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm coming in a black hood and stealing some of these coconuts. All day. All day. <laughs> we need someone to. <laughs> I know. This. It's It's almost like weeds at this point. I'm putting a bird feeder right here. I already have the bird feeder. Oh, I just nice. have to go to Home Depot just so I can do work and just watch birds right in front of me. Do you know what birds are around here? Are there I any, any blue, good ones? I see blue jays all the time, nice. but nothing more than that. Nice. It's squirrel proof, so we'll see. We'll put it up to the test. You know, the, those guys are smart. Those squirrels are smart. Yeah. Oh, I never told you this story, too. Yeah, animals are so smart. One time, uh, we had $50,000 worth of white sugarloaf pineapples. And if you don't know white sugarloaf pineapples, they taste like pina coladas. They're beautifully white on the inside. They're about 30 to $40 for a full-size pineapple. Not this dull two to three dollar pineapple stuff, like ten times the price, but they were beautiful. And these pigs, in one night, ate every single pineapple in the middle of the night. How many pigs? We don't know. We have no idea. They just came in squad deep. They just we. I don't. It could have so been one. Have, so you were really out there in Hawaii. In terms oh, of the land. yeah. There was. There was. You know, we lived off the. Like no grid, there was no power. There's we just had wild p- pigs rolling around. Yeah, so I lived in like a tent, like an outdoor tent. Is that a yurt? It was yurt esque. It wasn't exactly a yurt. It was almost shaped like that, but it was, you know, I didn't have more walls. like a Lord of the Rings pop up tent. Effectively, I didn't have walls. You know, there was a stream next to me. Pigs would run through my my bedroom How and old squeal. Are you? Uh, twenty two to twenty three. I did that. You know, right out of college, I was like, you know, all my friends were getting these, you know, 30, 40,000 a year jobs and none of it really interests me. I had a history degree, didn't really see where I can apply that. And I was like, there's a lot of the world I need to learn. And so backpack to Europe as, you know, lucky kids get to do. Um, and then when I got back, I was like, there's still so much more of the world I need to explore did a 37 state road trip with my stepdad went to like 15 national parks and then you know scooted over to hawaii and read like 50 60 books on all the classics of like economics politics um like you know sociology did you have that psychology in, that insatiable urge to learn when you were in school too or did it hit you no, more so after the second i left school i realized what a waste 
that four years was. <laughs> That's interesting. Like what a waste that yeah. four years was. Yeah. So, yeah. And once I read, I think I might have read either Nietzsche, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, or Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, like some, some like foundational philosophical work that I feel like everyone should read at some point in their lives, preferably young. Um, but, you know, that's when I was like, oh, this is what I should have been learning. I should have been learning foundational skills about, you know, how to, you know, about yourself, like how to look within um, the the economic system, right? Like I, people would give me money. I didn't know what it meant, right? Um, it also helped that, you know, my mom worked for Madoff for 12 years in the 80s and, you know, my my parents lost lost my whole college fund basically and i was like oh why did that happen so that takes you on that journey so it's you just basically have to follow the omens right and whatever gets thrown your way you just have to recognize it just like give it the attention whether it's good or bad pay attention to what is happening to you and act upon it and react to it right because um yeah, I, th I feel like that's the best way to, to go through life. So even when we just started talking to one another, I was like, oh, have more conversations with this person. Like, like he has he has good energy and a, and a good aura and clearly good intentions. Well, so few people ever have the courage to do what you did, which is take a complete gamble and just send it and try something completely out of the ordinary. Well, it was short term thinking. I was like, I don't want to go into the it's real easier world to here. do it before you have like, you know, a child, relationships, a yeah. dog. Yeah, absolutely. And it's but it's I, also I, interesting that Europeans seem to have it down in that sense because they almost encourage you to go travel before you get and into Canadians. The life. Yeah, they have a gap year. Like everyone I met abroad, you know, I backpacked 33 countries, maybe everyone I met was either, you know, German or uh, some or what is it dutch a lot of dutch a lot of israelis after they're they're done with the army they go a lot of canadians take a gap year from 18 like after high school from 18 to 19 um but yeah the europe specifically encourages that and i know like even germany they they have one month of like you have to take the vacation totally i have unlimited well they vacation. say everyone yeah, like the tech companies say you have unlimited pto but it's the it's the funniest phrase because try me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just never take it. Oh yeah, you can just never work a day in your life and just have paid time off to get your shit done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like when I'm a I'm a manager and I and people will will take too much time off and in my eyes and I'm like, hey, what's the deal here? And it goes and it's contra to what our company policy is, and it's and. It, it's interesting like that. I, it's a I, double standard. It really is a double standard. It's like, hey, work to the, to the bone, which is fine. Like, it, I, I feel like that's all well and good. Um, but still, there's you're missing that health component on the back on the back end. Well, one thing I liked what you mentioned about the intelligence thing, and and I talk about it a lot on this podcast, is you mentioned there's different levels of intelligence. I feel there's different levels of life mastery. There's relationship mastery, having an amazing uh, relationship with your husband or wife or spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend. There's financial mastery. You've been able to rise to a point where you have financial freedom. 
There's health mastery where you wake up and you have energy. And even though you spend $10 a day on your meals, but you somehow are able to nutritionally stock your life up to be able to play pickleball for five hours straight and just feel like a champion. There is a beast master, meaning you have an awesome dog who <laughs> runs around the world just by your side. You know, there's different levels of happiness. There's emotional happiness, just peace with yourself. And all of these things are so important. Maybe not the beast master for me. It is. How do you, how do you juggle all of those types of masteries? Like, do you, do you think about all of them at once or do you try to focus on one thing until you're of a certain level of proficiency and then move on to something else? Like, cause I always struggle with that. I think I don't really, I'm not the type of guy who is perfectly amazing with his calendar from this time to this time I do this, from this time to this time I do this, I think I try to surround myself with incredible people that I think support that type of growth in me. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing an audit recently of of the main people I've been hanging out with the past six months in Miami. And I, I had to stop and say, holy smokes, this happened, right? I'm just around amazing people who I believe have many much of that mastered. And I think I pick up little skills from them but I don't know. It's there's ebbs and flows. I was talking to one of our mutual friends, and he was mentioning that he has been struggling with depression. You probably know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, I was like, man, thank you so much for even telling me that. I really appreciate that because most people would just never say anything. And I and I always like to comment that this is the damn good day show. I mean, you go to my Instagram, you guys know that the vibes are high. Yeah, I'm in a good mood, but everyone goes through ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm just like not in a good, even earlier today, I had, I just had a bad three hours. I started thinking about my mom. I had these cavities being filled. I just had a weird thing at work. I just, I just wasn't in the right mood. I just felt from my inside out. I just was not comfortable, you know, but that's so normal and that's so okay. And you need to realize that's a part of being human. That's emotions. What you can do is try to learn as much as you can about those emotions, mm -hmm. specifically about how those emotions affect other people as well, because it helps you get on with life and go through life. And just being able to understand people is, in my opinion, probably the most valuable skill you can have because we're meant to be in a tribe. We're meant to live in a community. This pickleball community has brought so much happiness into my life. Cause it's this tribe, it's this community yeah. and the bangers. It, yeah. The bangers. I love having sky live here at the house. It's this community we build, you know, it's the vibe. I don't like living alone. It's not my thing. And when robots take over, we need to differentiate ourselves by being more human because they can't do it. Right. And I'm all for robots. I'm down to have a robot yeah, here exactly. all day. It's, things that are inevitable are going to happen yeah. and it's fine. See how much time, but don't fight it. Just, let it happen, but just be more human. Do things that you cannot program a computer to do. Which but is humans exactly also what make saying. mistakes. Like my mistake was not switching my toothpaste and not going back into it. Now I'm just <laughs> kidding. I got so much cavities now, bro. It sucks. I'm just getting drilled the whole time. I'm just like, I'm like I was thinking about my, the whole thing was just an emotional roller coaster. But uh, but real quick, so back to the depression thing. So. I'm actually, you know, I've definitely been, I've been suicidal before to the point where, um, you know, I was working on wall street. I was basically cold calling between like 500 and 900 people a day on cold call on like a rotary phone, no automations. And 
you know, if you got one or two leads a day, that was a good day. But most days you just got hung up on the whole time and, and it was rough. And, you know, you have to wear a two piece suit with a tie or, or a three piece, you know, it, and also in New York, there's no plants. So it's just concrete. You just go to, to work and from work. I lived, you know, about a hundred yards to pay your rent. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't go out and hang with my friends cause I was, it was all commission and I was barely making anything. I was about two or three decades late for that business model. Um, but, but yeah, so I've, I've been there and I'm so grateful that I've been there because I feel like life in, in a lot of ways can be binary in the sense that like in order to experience the highest of highs, you must experience the lowest of lows. And let's do a thought experiment. Like if you were unwaveringly happy, 24 7 365 your whole life would happiness even exist anymore no it's that's just it that's your that's the state you know it's almost like you need two things before one thing meaning that like if everything was was white would there be darkness or or, or black that's you know you need contrast life is full you of need it. perspective exactly and contrast is the only way to get perspective you paint and pain teaches you yeah exactly so I mean, luckily I would, you know, every day back then I'd say, you know what, you know, like those signs that say like, oh, free beer tomorrow. I took that as inspiration. I was like, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> like I'll, I'll end it tomorrow. And I don't, I don't mean to bring it down, but it's, I, I'm taking it as a beautiful thing. Right. But it's like, I'll end it tomorrow. And then the next day, okay, tomorrow. And then <laughs> that's all what you do. You just take it one day at a time. And I know that that it, it is almost an epidemic, just like the, you know, being, no, there's a lot of depressed people out there, right? And you can see it in the prescription statistics. Um, and, and a lot of it has yeah. to do with what we're eating has to do with what we're consuming. I mean, our generation sky brought this up, but our generation has the capabilities of living to a hundred plus because we at least now know that a lot of the things that we grew up on, high fructose corn syrup, fruit roll ups, pop tarts, corn toasties, all the best things in life <laughs> are terrible for you. Right. Yeah. And we know it's just a now dopamine hit. I mean, if you just eat one bad thing, it's so crazy how much your body gets affected and your mood gets affected. And I struggle with it because deep down I'm a savage. You know, I think a lot of us <laughs> everyone in this room is a savage. We like to have fun. We like to, you know, think that we still got it. But then your body just wakes up and says, "No, no, you are not." So it's always also balancing that line of living and are you living or are you just killing yourself faster? <laughs> yeah. What's your take on like GMOs and that stuff? Like try to avoid it, but I think I just generally speaking, I do very well in terms of eating mostly whole foods, sticking to a very basic type of daily diet. I have out, I, I do Ezekiel bread, <laughs> avocado and eggs pretty much every morning. I do smoothies from Daily Harvest. Mm -hmm. So I get about 14 smoothies every two weeks or 12 smoothies. So I have a smoothie ready to go. And then for dinner, I, I, I believe a lot in just um, kind of like the carnivore diet. It works really well for my stomach. So I'll do, you know, something like a steak with avocado, some nice oil. So like fat, like fats. Like but then I'll also just house, you know, 30 Medjool dates. Yeah. I'll have ice cream <laughs> late night. I'll, uh, I'll eat chocolate cake. I have such a sweet tooth. So it's funny bad. when you have a perfect day and then, I don't know, nine o'clock hits and you just all of a sudden feel like you deserve it. And yeah. You <laughs> smash something so terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. We we give ourselves too much credit for going through the day sometimes. I knew I knew a kid back in high school that would he was a football player and he would need to earn his bed. Like if he didn't have a good day, he would sleep on the floor. He would have to like straight up earn his bed. Like if it, you know, just if you crush the day, great, you get a good night's sleep. So it's almost like you're training your brain to do the opposite besides the cake thing, but I do it too. You know, I'm I'm a little chunky. Like, I'm a fat kid at heart. In high school, I was like 250, you know, like 6'2", 6'3", 250. And then in Hawaii, I got down to 180, but now I'm back up to like, you know, 230. So You look good. Gotta, eh, it fits sorry. your body well. Yeah, I carry weight so well. You look great. Yeah, Thanks. I, would, I, would, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're just the, the weight for whatever your body makes sense. For. Yeah, I got some, got some power in, the, in those pickleball shots. You know or, what's you tough? Know? Like, we have a good friend, Phil. Phil is... A performance coach for mm -hmm. people that have successful businesses olympians and he always talks about all the best people in the world have coaches right they're just not leaving it up to chance they yeah. hire someone to make sure they're doing everything right mm -hmm. if you don't have coaches you're gonna not do everything right it's just pretty much fact most people aren't that disciplined i do pretty damn well in terms of you know sauna workout gym but Everyone has their vices. For me, I love I love getting super stoned late at night. Yeah. <laughs> you Same. know, I just love getting baked, watching Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and I love just the munchy vibes and the thoughts I get. And sometimes I make bad eating decisions during that time. But it's also really awesome and it makes me happy. But I think that you just need to always monitor yourself. So I, I'm a big fan of the whoop. I, I is wear, that that we, on your wrist? Yeah, that's what that is. What so is it, that? it tracks all of your um, sleep, your heart rate. It tracks all your variables throughout the day. It mm -hmm. tells you how good of a sleep or bad of a sleep you've gotten. And it's crazy, man. You, you know that after a night of drinking, you feel like shit and you don't want to. That's why go, I don't do it anymore. Right. I yeah. get like three day hangovers now. Right. And, and it's a great example. Yeah. When you have a wearable and you do it, you realize just how bad it is for your, yeah. your system. You know, yeah. you, you see that it you're it just doesn't work even if you eat one bad food you can see how it just ruins your sleep yeah i i don't even know so i think um, everyone should you got to measure that if you care about it you should measure it yeah this is your literally your health this is your body for covid imagine they just gave everyone a wearable instead of <laughs> everyone just had, the, the government paid for everyone to be able to track their health what a simple concept and then you can pay people on a blockchain if their health is up or something like wouldn't they like they're like charlie munger the you know warren buffett's partner he says it best show me the incentives and i'll show you the outcome that'd be such a cool right? government program you yeah. get paid like tax relief if you if you're wearable i mean people would definitely f with it and, and rig it somehow but yeah i feel like there are ways to make it like pretty perfect though i, f I feel like like we have a lot of great technology companies in this country and if you can just do a, apply it to certain problems as opposed to pure profit taking uh, then you know we could actually solve some really critical problems but solutions that simple mm, infrastructure ain't happy with that yeah existing ways of life ain't happy with that a lot of middlemen we don't want to solve problems there's too much jobs and food on the table and people making money off of unsolved problems yeah or yeah perpetuating the problems so I mean, like then pharmacy. you get down to the question of 
obviously changing the world is important and donating and being a great person and leaving your impact. But sometimes I ask myself, can you change the world or can you really just change the circle you're around? Are we too idealistic? You think? Tell me more about that. Meaning that, you know, it's, it's pretty well known that as you are young, you be, you are more prone to having a revolutionary mindset. It's always like, you know, the 20 year olds, Oh, let's start the revolution. And then as you get older, you become more conservative. Right. And I mean, we're still in our, what, late, late twenties, early thirties. Right. So, um, I feel like I'm sort of switching. I'm becoming a little bit more realistic, but I still want to hold on to that like childlike idealism of all these problems are really not very complicated and you can probably solve them using simple solutions, but you just need to get everyone on board. And I realize from being at companies, from you know being in various circles, how hard it is to really get everyone on board to do something together. And I mean, you can see it now in certain parts of the world, like, like Iran, right? Like they, they're all sick of this one thing. Like there's, there's always one thing that brings people together, um, or can split them apart. But, you know, for us, it's, it's pickleball a lot. Like we wouldn't hang out right very often and not just because we don't enjoy each other's company, but just by life circumstances. Well, even when I go to a gym and I'm like working out, I don't want to talk to anyone. Exactly. But now pickleball is literally a social workout activity yeah and then we can you know go out and have a bite to eat after or um or just like hang we're out. at least able to say what up and dab up and just do that little thing which yeah i've never had in a sport yeah you know, i've never had that and by the way you're getting so much better so quickly it's awesome stop, i love seeing it stop, i love stop. seeing it i mean you and and uh and um chef are gangster and sue sue's got the best serve yeah sue's the best one out of but all. yeah back to the the idea of yeah. I, idealistic i think the older i get the more i realize sort of <laughs> this is gonna be really bad but just more half-ass everyone does their job i just think a lot of people just barely do anything throughout the day they do the bare minimum Especially in corporate America, especially at oh, companies, yeah. everyone's always doing the bare minimum to get paid. Well, what's almost. the incentive to do more? And if someone yeah. comes in and tries to pave a way, it's almost that they get pulled down because it screws everyone, right? There's protection in being able to do bare minimum. You don't want someone to come in and inspire someone that doesn't want to be inspired. So I think that it has a lot of advantages to people that try. If you try, you realize you can go in and, and crush it. You can make an impact if you lead the way, if you take initiative, if you lead by example and you show what's up. Mm -hmm. I think that's really exciting to me because it made me realize, holy shit, I can be the, a successful business owner. And being on this podcast, I knew this would happen, but interviewing so much super successful humans, many that have become good friends and realizing these guys and gals aren't that much better than I am in many capacities. Maybe it's possible I could build a super successful company one yeah. day. Maybe yeah. it's possible that, you know, me and Sky could be out there in a podcast studio and doing this thing big and having incredible guests like yourself and showing up. And maybe it's possible. But the, I didn't think that when I was in my mid-20s. Yeah. Well, did you see it? Did you see people that were this successful um, that are like, oh, you're you're not that much different. You didn't do, maybe you got lucky in a certain well, way. Well, that's a or, great way of saying that yeah. because when I say mid twenties, because my 
my life actually took I would I would uh, revert back and almost retract that statement because I was blessed by getting involved in network marketing when I was 20 years old. Mm. Someone texted me saying I have something you'd be dank at. I didn't know if I was selling drugs or anything, but I was like down <laughs> to hear it out. Well, if they're using words like dank. I was the social chair <laughs> of an unrecognized fraternity. You know, I would just throw parties and I just loved doing it. And uh, I heard about Vima. Listeners of the podcast are very familiar. You know, I, I learned that of the network marketing industry. Wait, what, what is Vima? I stand for vitamins, essential minerals, mango seed, and aloe vera. It's a network marketing business. Got it. And their core product was mm. this uh, liquid supplement that they then put into an energy drink called Verve, and it went viral in our colleges. Oh, Verve was good. So good. It was really good. I remember that. What school did you go to? Uh, SUNY Cortland, okay. up, upstate New York, uh, for, you know, baseball and history nothing crazy so that hit and um i was uh at the right place at the right time and i basically brought it to all of like the northeast and that's not a lie besides canada i was at unh and it just blew up and so did you go from school to school like selling you off of school and traveled to 30 states and wow people's backyards pitching hard you know, at one point i was making 10 g's a month life was so sick wow that's amazing Um, was that a a pyramid scheme so it got shut down as an alleged pyramid scheme yes <laughs> got it it's a great sound bite right there <laughs> i don't i don't th- i don't think a pyramid scheme is inherently evil or wrong well it's just that- e- even before you even bring that up so they ended up sure. actually winning the court case they ended up settling so oh. bk Bareko's company vima went from a negative seven I mean, a $220 million company to negative seven in two days based on an allegation from the FTC that they were a pyramid scheme. It's like some WeWork stuff. So I actually (laughs) had him on my podcast episode seven, right? Or eight. And I messaged Vima and BK. I messaged BK because we were were always friends. Three years after the fact, I'm like, hey, BK, what's good, man? Like, hey, have you ever told the story? And would you be interested in, in coming on my podcast and talking about like Vima? And he's like, you know, it's actually been three years and we just closed completely. So, yeah, why not? Funny story. We actually recorded the podcast. It was my eighth episode online. It was the most crazy story I've ever had in my life. I had the most inside scoop of the second largest industry in the world. Like, it was a big deal. And the audio was just absolutely effed. Remember that, Sky? Yeah. That was, that was a nightmare. That was a ni- I felt like the world's <laughs> biggest douche. I was... I. I can't do anything right. And I remember calling him and saying, Hey man, I'm just going to be really honest with you. The audio is tough. What if you, what can I fly out and we just do it at your house? And he said, absolutely. And thank gosh that happened because then we did it in person and it was just so much better, so much more legit. But yeah, I was biased. Long story short, I just went on a tangent. They were in a pyramid scheme, but they were doing things that the government considers a pyramid scheme. Like for example, Network marketing companies, all you're doing is buying a product. If you're buying an actual physical product, right, then you're getting the money you pay for. It gets really funky when you're buying training or a non-fictitious product and you have to actually be on an auto ship of a product in order to qualify for commissions. So nowadays, mm-hmm. comp plans, if you get a certain amount of customers, right, you can just qualify and make commissions. You never actually have to purchase the product. But that was one of the big rulings or findings from the Vima case. Got it. But life in business is a giant freaking pyramid. In, my, in network marketing, you can out-earn anybody above you. In corporate America, you have to, you know, you have to 
really work some inner circle stuff. Your manager is always going to make more money than you. So I believe that corporate America is a much bigger pyramid scheme than MLM. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the most, the high, the most highest paid person in corporate America should be the salespeople in my opinion. Right. It's really tough. I've tried it. You know, I'm more of an ops guy, but nonetheless, the, you know, the salespeople can earn more than the CEO. It's just that they get the, the offsetting um, ownership, right? So it's like whatever you're bringing in is going towards those shares or whatnot. And granted, I'm in SaaS, so it's, it's a little more fixed. But there are a ton of other industries where that ownership is not, not as, um, it's, it's not basically share-based. It could just be in, um, you know, you can, the business might be worth more. Uh, because you brought in a certain amount more in revenue and then you can sell it for a higher multiple. But in SaaS, the multiples can be upwards of like 200 or infinitum. So um, it's a little different. It's but like, like you said though, but nothing happens without a sale. Yeah. You can have the best engineering product, but until you sell something, salespeople are vital to an organization. It's the WD-40 of an organization makes everything go smooth. And when money is coming in, you can make a lot more mistakes. But when I got into that MLM, I, yeah. I saw a bunch of people making an absurd amount of money that went from not being able to speak to be speaking in front of thousands of people. And I realized, holy shit, this other world exists. I never, my parents didn't, my dad's worked the same job for 32 years. Shout out my dad. He always listens to my podcast. What, what did he do? He's going to be working for cigars.com soon. Nice. Um, which Love is it. actually a big impetus of why we started cigars.com was, was the, the it's a bonding experience. Retiring. Well, me and Matt, uh, my co-founder and longtime best friend, we were, I was at his house. He lives in Miami. He's a UFC and NFL sports agent. So I'd go over to his crib and he'd watch UFC fights and we'd smoke a cigar and have a glass of whiskey. We did this for like a year. And then one time we were smoking, we were like talking about how our dads are still working. They're in their early 60s, you know, 63, 64. And we're like, man, What's a business that we could do that when our dads retire, we could do it with them and mm. they could help us out. And we looked down and we're like, why not cigars? Yeah, that was the conception that was of it. literally what happened. Wow. Cigars have been the same forever. And uh, granted, literally, we're calling a cigar a cigar with an S instead of a C. <laughs> Just slightly different. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh, redefining. So, but that was the tangent I, I talked about earlier with. It opened my mind to that it's possible to make a lot of money. It's possible to do something different than your nine to five path. With just effort, right? And that that was like the the start. And I of lost this all tangent, that money. Right? Like I didn't save any money. I learned all the financial. Well, you were in your twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That that that's your MBA. Right. Right. You don't need to pay for an MBA. I paid you, for everyone's dinners. I didn't realize anything about financials. I didn't know. But it's good to learn that in your early twenties than your late thirties. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I actually had a thought back to what we were talking about with coaches because I don't think we extrapolated on that enough. Do you think that a coach needs to be a living, breathing person in front of you that's constantly giving you that that input? Or do you think that you can do it with books or with um, courses and some of these other avenues of, of learning? The answer is absolutely and of course. You could definitely like Jim Rome is one of like the best teachers of all time. If you listen to Jim Rome, like you're gonna feel Was that him. Tony Robbins mentor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you listen to his stuff, you're just gonna on top of just gonna of the be world. hyped. Yeah. I mean, anyone yeah. who's wrote in anything could be a mentor. If I died tomorrow and you listen to my past podcast, it's like coaching. 
every time we listen to a podcast or listen to or read a book, it's coaching us. With that said, I don't think most people have the the dedication. Some that's why um, group workouts exist. That's literally why the industry of working out exists because people are naturally lazy. They yeah. need someone to coach them and push them to do it. Yeah, you know they'll go to Barry's and spend thirty dollars a class. Which shout out to Derek. We're going to be having him on. He actually owns the three berries in Miami. But uh, <laughs> you can do all those same workouts at any gym for $20 a month, $10 a month. But people are paying $30 a session. Worth your body weight, a lot of them. But yeah, no, we, we take the path of least resistance a lot of the time. And, and I often feel that you know when I actually put a lot of effort into something, it tends to be when that path of least resistance uh, for me, I care about something so much that I would actually rather do it and put in the effort than not do it and feel like a piece of crap about myself, right? Um, I don't know if that made sense, but it's so like, for example, right now I'm, you know, writing some children's books and I love that. I love that for you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I want to teach <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, right. I want to teach kids you know five-year-olds when their you know neuroplasticity is at its highest and when their personalities haven't fully um, developed i want to teach them about philosophy i want to teach them about some of these concepts that and money some of these concepts you think that only adults learn that often you don't learn until your mid-20s but why can't you learn it when you're five or at least plant the seeds when they're five so that's what i'm gonna try to and when do. i asked you about yeah. your why we're in the uh, hot tub there was there was yeah, yeah. other females and it was a it was a vibe you know just not me and evan in the hot tub though that would be a good pot podcast <laughs> i asked you why you started and you said because one day when i have children i want to be able to sh read them these books yeah i want to teach them what no one taught me um in a way that they can be receptive to and you know i don't um you know i just i just wish that that i i knew some of these things earlier but that's also the beauty of the the generational progression is that like you know if you look at your parents and you're like looking at all their flaws you're like oh i wonder what their parents flaws were like and you know and they're just getting you know incrementally better and and that's what we're trying to do and so i i feel like you know i'm not you know i'm going to spend tens of thousands maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars on just like printing and making these books and illustrators i'm going to do it all by myself you know self-published and whatnot but i don't care like i don't even care about flipping a profit or anything i just want the the ideas to go into into people's heads um and typically yeah. those that philosophy breeds the best type of books yeah, because I could do what I want, you know? right? With and you know, luckily I save you know seventy percent of my salary, and I can just you know put that aside and and just do something for fun. And our, our Lord and Savior Joe Rogan said earlier on the podcast I was listening to, he said that your uniqueness is what makes you so unique. The second you try to fit into other people's mo like models, it just it kills you. But if you can find a way to be completely yourself and then just let that out. It'll naturally develop, but you can't be like someone else. You can when it comes to branding, but your bare person, your way of teaching mm -hmm. is going to be so unique. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, but I also, having the courage to do that is, you know, it can be difficult. Because you're going to launch and maybe 
Lord behold, you sell 20 copies when you wanted to sell 5,000. Then you sit in yourself and say, I'm a failure. But it might have not have been that. It might have just been the marketing channel. It might have been the way you're presented. It might have been the lack of execution. There's so much other things. Yeah. And listen, not everyone's going to love you. And that's that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Right. Because we all want to be liked. We all want to be heard. We all want to feel like we're we're important and, and valued by our community and even by strangers. But totally. Um, that's why I would. It's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that, though, because I want to have children one day. And to think about the idea that <laughs> it's the most selfish kind of egotistical thought process. But your sperm, which is going to produce a child one day. What if that sperm read these bomb ass child books when he was five years old what would that what would that sperm grow into what would that human that came out of your existence do what could they do i mean it's also the spawning of the most obsessive scary you know football soccer dad right that's just screaming on the sidelines but what could he do i think there's a fine line between hooking up your kids up and prepping them for growth you know, watering the flower to make sure he blossoms versus just being a controlled, you know, douche that just doesn't let the person develop naturally. But there's definitely guidance that you can give children. And that's what Phil actually started doing. He built a company called Tembo Education before he became a performance coach. And it sends automated text messages to uh, children of impoverished countries uh, from the ages of two to five. Um, teaching the, ch- the the parents what to teach the kids and show the kids That's a to help idea. them develop their brains. Yeah. Is that still around? Yeah. Tembo Education. Check it out. Tembo Education. Yeah, Phil's freaking All right, book, awesome. bookmark this this moment because I got to take a look at that. That sounds awesome. That's What a great idea. And yeah. it's so simple too. And there are more cell phones than people now. Yeah. Because right? that, that's what he thought about. He said, what's the best way of getting out there? And there's a lot of people in these third world countries that they don't have a house, they don't have a hut, but they have a cell phone. Yeah. A lot of people have cell phones. A lot of people have cell phones. So that's the way to, to reach them. Freaking brilliant. It's also crazy once with Starlink coming out, when everyone has access to Wi-Fi, shit's going to get crazy. I can't wait. You get just... And all his products are so beautiful. Just even looking... Like, I, I would never think like, oh, that router is pretty. But it's like, no, even that is just gorgeous. I mean... If I think of my three most influential people, I mean, Elon Musk is number one. I'm writing a, I'm going to write a book on him, a children's book on him. That's, you know, because they're all about teaching about people and ideas. I just read that he officially bought Twitter. When? He just like followed through with the the purchase of Twitter. I know like earlier in the week it was supposed to go through um, at the, what was it, 5420? Was the share price? But it was, it, was it, it fell off for a while. He pulled out, but now it seemed like he like it's it's happening again. Now there's all this Kanye Kanye's back on it. Yeah. And like, oh, this this world is you know the funniest outcome is is always the most desirable. Like, who would have thought that you know? And one tweet, one guy tweeted him saying, "Hey, you should you should buy Twitter." And he goes, "Oh, that would be dope," and he just did. <laughs> Like that's hilarious. That's amazing. That you can just flex like that. That's so crazy. Right? (laughs) It's inspiring. It really is. Because it's so normal for someone to think that. Yeah, okay. If I have five dollars and I want to go buy a Coke and you said you should buy that and I have five bucks, I'd buy it. Yeah, sure. If I have 
500 billion dollars and someone wants to buy a 43 billion dollar company just because you do it that's savage yeah and he's not using all his cash he's maybe using eight bill you know on, granted you know. he probably has this master plan but things like starlink and everything he's done with the solar industry and tesla midas everything he touches is just the best thing ever it's so cool yeah. it's in in the Starlink thing's extra crazy because if you think about let's I don't know the percentages, but imagine only ten percent of the world right now has access to internet. Imagine the other ninety percent just gets access all of a sudden. You get all these new brains and ideas just rolling in tight, just being like, "What's up?" Yeah, the human mind is just that much. The collective mind. Do you is think so much that we will survive the population growth that we're on and the amount of people to food? problem or do you think that there will be like a, a crazy global event that well, just wipes a lot of people out yeah that's a good question so i think every time thomas malthus is brought up in society it never comes true so you know for those that don't know thomas malthus was the guy who said that you know our the population is going to be a problem he said that in about i want to say like the 1820s around then he was like the the second most popular economist ever other than um you know, Adam Smith or like the, the second most famous, you know, back in, in that time. And every single time the population has grown, tech has improved to the point where we can feed ourselves. The output would grow further. Plus we're actually having the opposite issue in a lot of these developed countries. You know, typically you need about 2.1 people. The, the birth rate needs to be about 2.1 for every couple in order to sustain a population. Um, and I think ours is maybe 1.9 and shrinking. Japan might be 1.2 right now. Um, China with the one child policy in the nineties, um, you know, th that generation is now, uh, uh, you know, having kids, you kids have that now. gap with COVID and now there's a lot of boys in China because they, you know, unfortunately, yeah, you know, the girls weren't as, as desirable, um, in that culture back then so now you have these these weird demographic trends going on in, in certain parts of the world i think nigeria is the highest at like maybe 7.8 around there i want to say last time i checked um but no the I, is the entire world population growing because i'm not i know that we're at about like about eight bill right now this guy's looking it up he'll let us know yeah but i know that in our culture it's actually shrinking which is pretty, pretty crazy. So I actually think we may need to have more children. I know, like be a little bit more selfish, you know, and I used to think that we shouldn't, we shouldn't have kids. It's super selfish and, you know, it's destroying the planet and everything. But I really became confident in humans ability to innovate. I think we should have kids. I agree with you. This is the stat and it's, just from Google, the first thing that pops up, and it says the world's population is expected to increase by 2 billion persons in the next 30 years from 7.7 .7 to 9.7 in 2050. Damn. Okay, so those are probably coming from countries that have higher infant mortality rates and, and some of these other places. So I, I, I would look in certain parts that's one the, reason I, to this travel dramatic yeah. growth has been driven largely by increased numbers of people surviving to reproductive age so nice it's kind of like a natural yeah i think we thing. should have yeah, kids i think good. we need to have kids because it just pushes on the Thanks, world Scott. right 
Because I know a lot of really <laughs> cool people that just don't want to have kids, and I think that's really awesome. And I also think that people that say they don't want to have kids just say that because it's way easier to say that when you're just like not in love and with the perfect partner. You're like, I'm not gonna have kids. Right? Yeah, you'll screw that. And then one day, you know, you you strike gold, and you're like, you're just you're going to a sperm bank, and here you are. But Anyways, I think that kids are good, but people need to have uh, planned kids, I just think. You just can't be, you know, spreading your seed anywhere. You got to plan that ish out at some level. Or only a select few. Right. Was Elon has like nine now? Yeah, I mean, those kids, I'm so stoked to be alive for those kids to grow up. Yeah. I want to know the personalities of those kids. Oh, they're going to be a bit messed up in the head, you know, because... You know, I, I know a bunch of child psychologists for very wealthy people, and they're always messed up because they can never achieve the success that their parents, or statistically, they won't. Well, a lot of right? people that are only ch- uh, ch- only children tend to have almost a disadvantage at some level because a lot of times that they're the only ones, so they get spoiled or... You know, they're just constantly told A, X, and B. A lot of times I've seen and, and read that it can be tough for only children because they feel alone and things of that nature. You came out really freaking well, my brother. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is all a facade. I think, and that's when we get to the facade question, you ask, can we idealistically change things? The other part of that argue, that, that conversation was... I just think people are so stupid at some level. We're just, if you want to break down intelligence, we are just running around like a bunch of horny apes just trying to reproduce and seek serotonin and trying to have fun. And yeah, we're pretty predictable. Yeah. Yeah. I think George Carlin said, like imagine get- how dumb the average person is and imagine half of them are dumber than that. We give ourselves like, too much credit at some I level know, about what we I can know. do. You know, deep down, we just want to feel loved. And for that reason, sometimes I ask myself, it's okay to be depressed because people are crazy. Like people want to get a wrap around things. Like sometimes life's great and then other times life sucks. And that's the world we live in. But you can minimize the effects by surrounding yourself with really good support groups. And people, but I always say to have a lot of friends, you need to be a good friend. So if anyone's ever struggling without the good circle, you have to build your circle and you do that by starting. You have to set the impetus, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll take it back to its base. At the end of the day, there really are only two emotions and that's love and fear. And if you just put out a little bit more love, no matter what that looks like, right? It could, you could have more love digging a hole to plant a tree. You can, you can have it just by holding a door for a stranger or or by paying for someone's meal, whatever it may be, just a little bit and just give a little bit and man, you'll get so much more in return. But there's also a lot of hate out there. So just try to you know avoid that and, and try to shine the light there. You know who I love? Chef Michael. Oh, he's the salt of the earth, man. So me and Sky were over there recently because we were doing a, a damn good day segment. So basically we were trying to figure out a way, like how do I, can I help him build what he's doing mm-hmm. while still, you know, doing something that I'm doing because I want to learn to cook too like really bad. I really think that if I was raised by a chef, I would be a full fledged chef. Yeah. I love cooking. <laughs> like Len Jones kitchen is legit. Just don't compare yourself to him or else you'll feel like you'll feel awful. Oh my gosh. He's his, so his, damn his good. His level of confidence in that environment so crazy 
I mean, he runs like a mini restaurant with so much skill and swag. Granted, that's what he does every day so that he doesn't have the same level of fears. Like, you know, you get a dinner party. I get overwhelmed when I have a dinner party because I'm thinking, I got to do this, 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 and this. And, and I'm trying to entertain a guest. He does it so seamlessly. Timing's important. He just, you just have to have a knack for it. Yeah. But we're filming some stuff. And one thing, nice. the first video that's coming out, this guy's working on it right now, is how to make his, uh, his bone broth. And he's been really sick. So um, now that he's better, he's been drinking this bone broth. And it's amazing. It's really? unbelievable. He showed wow. me how uh, it's okra, right, Sky? Okra. Mm-hmm. He takes okra and heats it up and boils the okra. And it really? creates this almost gelatin-like uh, consistency. And then you take avocado, okra that's in this like gelatinized form with uh, bean sprouts. Is there anything else that would go in the bowl? I think that's it, Sky. Such an odd combination. Cilantro. It's cilantro. So that's in one bowl. And then the other bowl, he takes bone broth. You can either make it fresh. Takes bone broth. Uh, even before that, slices up turmeric and ginger. Put a little olive oil on it. Sizzle it a little bit. Fill it up with bone broth. Bring it to a boil. Here comes the kicker. Poached eggs. Drop poached eggs in there. Let them cook inside of that. Take that whole mixture, pour it onto the avocado bowl. Now you have this bone broth soup. And oh my God, the last two times I've drank in this soup, my HRV, which is like your heart rate variable, has been off the nines pumping. And the night before, I was not a good boy. That was the 11th. <laughs> and uh, it was a friend's party. And the next thing you know, I got a table. You're a good friend. You're yeah, a good friend. Yeah, we out here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, like, everyone needs to be drinking this. Yeah, make that video. Send it to me. Yeah, you're going to have a damn good day because if your gut's yeah. good, you're good. That's you know, I've been doing uh, super gut. Have you ever heard of that? No. So, and I think we talked about this briefly, but another podcast I love is the All In Podcast. Uh, and there's just a bunch of VCs that invest in all these companies. And one of the guys, David Freeberg, invested in this company called munique which became super gut and effectively what he said and i'm just reiterating right is that your microbiome is basically like a rainforest and when you have a probiotic like a kombucha or you know just any of these probiotics you're basically introducing one strain of bacteria into your gut but the the whole rainforest is swallowing it up it's almost like putting a house cat in the middle of a rainforest but with prebiotics and the super gut stuff, what you're doing is you're replacing the rainforest with another rainforest. And what that's doing is, you know, a- allowing you to really clear yourself out. So I've been doing that for about, you know, a month now, every day. That's, that's my like first meal of the day to break my fast. What is it? Is it like a, it's a powder. Use? Yeah. It's a powder. It uses put in water and shake it up. Yeah. I use, I use almond milk, uh, but yeah, water is what they recommend. But yeah, flavors are amazing. And it's, and yeah, I just feel, I feel much better. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out because we've only identified about 20% of the actual organisms within your microbiome. There's still like, it's one of the biggest secrets still. The human body in general. I had um, a SIBO, yeah. small intestinal bacteria overgrowth for two years, uh, two plus years. And uh, I have a whole SIBO community on Facebook with 700 people in it. So I made a YouTube video that went somewhat viral. It's got 80,000 views and nice. it's just telling people about my story. I ended up beating it with the elemental diet 
but that was a really shitty part of my life, but I learned a lot about the gut. Mm -hmm. So I love all of this stuff and I'm always down to try. The one thing I did learn is supplements, herbs, all of that shit. Most of it you don't need. What you really need to do is fast. You need to drink more water and you need to just clear your system out. You need to eat less, eat less fast and drink more water. Those are like the three biggest things I've learned throughout this entire thing. I overeat. I love sweets. It's just not, especially before bed. It's like the worst thing to do. Yeah. It's so, cause our, our brain is still in the, you know, the Sahara mode where we're like, you know, when will the next meal come? So right. we just, we just bulk up. Right. I can, I can eat 36 ounces of steak. No problem. Right. With all the sides and everything. And it's just curbing that. Another reason it's why I want to do the ice bath challenge sky is that I need to train myself to stop being so comfortable, comfortable because fasting's uncomfortable, but yeah. you can live three days without water. What is it? How does it? Three days without water. Two weeks without food, I think. Maybe more. It's it's, it's like five minutes without oxygen or something. <laughs> I mean, your brain—you might be a vegetable by the end. It's of like it. it's like X minutes without oxygen, three days without water, three weeks without food. I believe. Yeah, something like that. If you ever watch Naked and Afraid, they'll tell you. I would tap yeah. out immediately at that show. Oh, I wanna why? The why? mosquitoes. See, that is the in the ear. I'm fine getting bit. Once, once the buzz in the ear, can't deal with that. I'm not even fine getting bit. I just, I would get like, if you get to bring one item, I would bring a mosquito net. <laughs> that, well, that's a popular item because people can fish with it. It's like a multi-purpose for sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I would love that. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun. It would be fun to do naked and afraid, but for like six hours, you know, why don't we just like go to alligator alley <laughs> and just. That'd be a fun spinoff. The damn good day, naked and afraid edition. <laughs> you sign up with a partner. You get thrown into the Everglades. You have to survive one day. Yeah. You Most people, I feel like, would just sit there. I feel like they wouldn't actually go for it. Right. It's also swamp. They, they have one in the Everglades. Well, cooking outside is a very therapeutic thing. Something I love about Chef Michael is that his enthusiasm to not just cook for you, but also to clean and have the entire experience is very contagious and exciting because it's cooking to me is the most fundamental dope thing that everyone needs to be good at. Unless you're going to get really, really rich and you can hire a chef, Michael, or you just go to like restaurants all the time. It's not very feasible for most people. It's expensive, but anyone can become a good cook. But you only learn to cook from your parents unless you went to chef school. So everyone needs to invest time learning to cook. Or just take one lesson. Just take one cooking lesson. That's it. Because then you understand the temperature. You understand, you know, spice combinations. Yeah. You just get. You just need to get inspired. I I did it when I was young. When I was ten, I went to a kid's culinary school. like after baseball practice on Saturdays, just me and a bunch of kids would go to this community center and they'd have like two, three hour cooking, you know, lessons where our parents would come in and we'd feed our parents and stuff. And it was a, it was a really nice experience. And, um, and I cook 100% of our meals. I think my, my girlfriend and I, we've gone out in the three years we've been together three times, only only out to eat three your times. girlfriend's cool i love her yeah. she's she's you got a, a great human with you oh yeah 
most street smart person I've ever met she's in my legit. life. Yeah. She's a thug. Yeah. She's high energy. She is. Best salesperson I've ever met in my life, too. Uh, seriously, she's amazing. Yeah. But I, I love that whole inspired thing because I can think of two moments right off the bat that inspired the shit out of me. One time I was working out when I had to go home with everything that happened with my mom. I went back to Albany and Sky's brother, Adam, was living there. And uh, I worked out with Adam and I just went powerlifting. He's like big into powerlifting. So we did like a, like a leg day and a back day. And he just pushed me to you know go heavy and lift heavy. That one, that two days of working out with him put me on for about two and a half, three months. I just been all out, nonstop working out, lifting, inspired off the wazoo. That one time hanging out with Chef has put me on to being a cook again. Like really, I, I've bought in all this stuff for the kitchen. I want the kitchen the ninja to look so legit. Loves the ninja. Loves the ninja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to get paid and compensated with how much he, really he loves should. that ninja. He really should. He's probably he's probably led to it's out like two grand in purchases just from Well the most annoying thing about cooking is all the cleaning. It's all the and he loves the ninja because the ninja makes it so that you can do everything within the ninja and you don't have to clean. Yeah. See, I do all the cooking. Lady does all the cleaning. That's like you, you need to have that. That's balance. a fire balance. It's a great balance. I do all the organizing. She does all the cleaning. Do you do a drying rack? Do you have a drying rack next to your sink? Mm, uh, it's not like a rack. We just have like a, a mat. Yeah. So we. I yeah. have a towel. I just use like a towel, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm. I, chef doesn't use a towel. He always dries the every plate after he washes it and just puts it away. And I was thinking to myself. That's an amazing idea, a simple habit that would take five seconds to dry. And then now it's not sitting there staring at you all day long. You can either put it in the dishwasher, which is the world's greatest invention. <laughs> among them. Yeah. Or you can just <laughs> among, them. Yeah, among them. Yeah, it really is. What is the world's greatest invention? Oh, that's such a good question. I would sit. Everyone my... pick. Everyone here has to pick the world's greatest invention. Probably the car is probably pretty good. I would think, yeah, car's good. Well, wheel. I mean, if you really want to go back, but <laughs> so dumb. That's true. The wheel, oh the God. wheel's fire. Yeah, the wheel is so good. Uh, I'm thinking like um, Wi-Fi. I, I would do oh, the internet, obviously. I, well, I would go back to like a like a CPU, like a fire, like the von Neumann architecture <laughs> of CPU and, and GPUs, like how computers can store memory, and and yeah, just like computing power. I don't know if that's an invention or a series of inventions, but lo love me a computer. I, I mean, we you, couldn't do this. We yeah. couldn't, I couldn't, you couldn't text me your address. You couldn't, um, you know, schedule this online. It would I, have been tight to be born during the dot-com age. Yeah. Well, we, you mean like coming of age during the dot-com exactly. age? So yeah. like Bitcoin, for example, if we were born six years earlier i can almost guarantee that we would have had a much higher potential chance of being bitcoin millionaires yeah because we would have had more money we would have had more street smart we've had more experience timing is everything in this world it really is you know obviously execution on the timing is also but you need to be at the right place at the right time i think there was a study done that six seven out of ten of like the largest companies had to do with timing yeah, that's that was a in. TED talk, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could. I'll, I'll send it to you after, but 
But yeah, no, luck is a huge component of these. I mean, think of YouTube. There was a ton of video hosting platforms before, but then you need a certain technology in order to bring it all together. Google wasn't the first search engine. You know, there was Ask Jeeves, right? Your internet butler that basically <laughs> would answer the questions for you, right? Ask Jeeves. Yeah, like Jeeves. none of these things took out, took off. But um, yeah, it's usually, it, you know, MySpace. I remember my MySpace. Do you remember your MySpace song? Oh, yeah. It was number one spot by Ludacris, and I had Austin Powers as the background. <laughs> so it was like... Doo, 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 doo. It, it hit. I think I had a T-Pain or something. Oh, wow. Great choice. Yeah. Probably would have been like, my I'm going to buy you a drink or something. Buy you a drink is one of the greatest songs ever recorded. Dude, just so you know. <laughs> ever recorded. Seriously. I'm partial to Wu-Tang. But, but yeah, no. T-Pain slaps back in the day. Big L, Sky? Uh, mine was 50 Cent. Which one? Yeah. I think started with Wangsta. 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 Uh, yeah, I forget where I went Langston. after that. I just listened to Gatman and Robin the other day. Good you remember that one with classic, Eminem? Yeah. Classic, right? I've been getting into my 90s hip hop lately. Like branching out from Wu-Tang, like, you know, Nas and the Big L, Big Pun. Like some of the flows and how the, back to the intelligences, like how these guys can combine all these lyrics together and like, you know, I was listening to Big Pun. He goes, dead in the middle of little, literally, little. Did we know that we riddled the middle men who didn't do diddly? And I was like, how do you come up with that stuff? This is crazy. Yeah, right? Like, If you ever want to be inspired or motivated, just listen to the the last verse of 8 Mile of Eminem. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Even though he's so great, I still feel like he's underrated. People don't give him the credit that he's due. Well, rapping is so fun because, I mean, I, I rap a lot and nine nine out of uh 9.2 times it's uh it's really bad yeah but when i hit that lyric and i hit that line it's like oh it feels this, good this right man just came it let's feels go. good let's go i'm here let's go baby i'm basically like i was describing you know the the children's book writing to you and i was like i feel like i'm a rapper for children because you know when you have like a sing-songy dr seuss-esque well, it's funny Cadence to think. And tone. It's crazy that these people can think so many verses ahead. Yeah, and while like, rhyming it, like freestyle blows my mind. How someone? Well, I don't, do a lot of freestyle isn't real freestyle, so you never even know if it is freestyle. Like Lil Dicky is a legend. Yeah, but he, really he know, his stuff isn't a real freestyle. It's a, but it's marketed as a freestyle. You yeah, because it just doesn't have a really path. It's just who's that guy on a uh, Harry Mack? Do you know him? Yeah, that he's legit. See, Harry Mack is legit. Harry Mack's legit. Yeah. This guy, you show me a bender of Harry Mack. Yeah, he's off the dome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry Mack's a G. Sky, we gotta hang out more. Yeah, definitely. You're a good dude. By the way, is your brother older or younger that just power lifts? Four years older than me. He's old. Okay, so, so that's that's fine. Because if he was younger and like powerlifting, I feel like that's such a like a morale uh, destroyer. <laughs> right yeah, like yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. a because i i never experienced the the sibling type you know uh uh rivalries i guess or you know if yeah if i was, mean i'm, I'm yeah. into different ways of being af active for sure i mean i like the powerlifting and stuff but i like kickboxing rock climbing these types of things are more interesting you're to a me. sleeper sleeping over you're here. you're a sleeper man this guy's the goat yeah I mean, everyone needs a sky in their life. Everyone he's, needs a he's sky. He's an OG homie. Keeps it real. Keeps it. Keeps it. Keeps it one hundred. Come play pickleball. 
I'm a, yeah. Yeah. He's not God. Are you, you're just saying this. <laughs> nah, God. Don't, don't lie to me. Yet. I Look yet. me in the eye. Don't lie to me. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to, but. He likes tennis. Tennis is fun. Tennis is tight. Tennis is fun. I just hate that. You really need to be skilled at tennis to play tennis. Yeah. Pickleball, you don't need to be very skilled to just play pickleball. You can still have fun being totally unskilled at pickleball, but to be good, obviously you need some level of skill. Yeah. But still like anything with a ball, like I feel like I'm a dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I will stop thinking about everything else in this world when I see a ball moving. Like it it's also interesting to think about tennis, how anything. we're just a bunch of like in many ways we're almost the same 18-year-olds that we are at 30. But with worse bodies. It's so weird to think that when you're 20, you just thought like, oh my gosh, when you're 30, you're old. It's all relative. I I can't wait to be 80. Or like 100. <laughs> I can't That's wait. awesome. I really I can't wait. I love you something for the first time. That was a, I love that. Well, also, it's like you want to you, you want to um, embrace what will inevitably happen. I mean, unless I get hit by a bus, right? But you want to embrace the inevitable. That's why, like, this is controversial, but I look forward to death, like, whatever that's going to be, right? Because it's inevitable. And then it allows me to live my life every day, like, oh, this is a gift. This is amazing. I'm still looking forward to it because I don't want to shy away from, um, you know, what's. Did you develop that thought through, like, yeah, through, like, drugs or through just thought or philosophy drugs and lots of books and just that that little voice within me that wants to um, examine everything you know i went through a period of about five six years where i really did question everything like that's the depression state you're talking about um i I think a lot of the questions led into the depression and then you almost have to power through it like the obstacle is the way a lot of the time, like you have to go through the obstacle um, to get to where you want to go, right? You have to go into the belly of the beast. And um, yeah, I, f- I feel like. Uh, Which is a great the, argument for psychedelics. Yeah, I, I feel like you should you should do them at least once in your life. For sure. And uh, I'm still working my yeah. way up. What does that mean? Just like mushrooms. Mm. Like I believe in microdosing. I believe in mushrooms. I think it's, I've read a lot of great material on them. I've watched a great Netflix documentary exists. Fantastic fungi. And yeah, you uh, told me, oh, I got to like, it's just interesting. It's that. like fascinating. I, I love the story of the guy that stuttered his whole life and then did five grams of mushrooms and fixed his stutter overnight. Yeah. Or someone like even someone that's successful, like, like an Aaron Rodgers who took ayahuasca. But I'm also and, mad you know, scared but. because I low-key just don't want to be that dude that does a bunch of acid and just never recovers. So that's why I'm still a huge kind yeah, of... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm a softy with uh, with drugs. So if someone ever gives me it's something... It's the intent. It's with anything in life. Whatever right. your intention is. Like, I don't... I wouldn't do anything recreationally anymore. I do everything like with an intention. Right, write down, you know, think like a kid again. Because also, you know, as we age, we develop these transmitters in our brains. But actually, if you do the brain scans of someone who is on a psychedelic, it actually removes some of these connections. You would think that, oh, I'm getting all these connections. But no, it's actually the exact opposite. If you look at MRIs, um, 
you know of people on psychedelics and you you end up getting to the core of who you really are and and, and it almost makes you a kid again and that's why like in preparation for you know writing i might i might do do a little bit just to like get into a particular mode of thought but also always the intention is good you have to have the right set and setting i mean that's a sure bet if i could just bet on the overall growth of of the mushroom industry in the next 20 years i'm that's the most sure bet possible there are public companies out there right now there's MindMed that's trading on some stock exchange Uh, i think oregon just legalized it was it they legalize mushrooms. Johns Hopkins does amazing research yeah. on on psychedelics. Um, they just the sixties Timothy Leary. That's what that, he was on doing. That subject. Right? Didn't they just sign a bill that officially lets people that are in jail for weed out of jail? I know that I saw a tweet that Biden gave this week, but I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure something like that went down. I think yeah. it's just a push to do it, but it has to pass. That is seems. I think it's some that midterm. That seems very presidential. We're gonna forgive your student loans, or at least some of it. Well, it's hey, we need voters for the midterm. Like we're doing great things. Not everything is all going to shit. Yeah. I love the idea that you need to create your own society and your own world and way of thinking. So regardless who's in office, it doesn't affect you exactly some may call that irresponsible like no it's your duty to inform but i don't know dude like well again taking all these all this context into consideration like back when our country was founded you know and i read the constitution twice you know probably once every two months or so just because i just have it and it's a quick read and if you look at the historical context of these documents we had one and a half million people in the 13 colonies when when this country was founded for people, you know, I don't care what side you're on, but for the Second Amendment, we had this, this, the citizens had the same weapons as the government, right? So if you're saying, oh, we have the right to bear arms, it's like, and a well-regulated militia, you need to have, like, the same advantages of the go- and disadvantages of the government, just muskets, right, and, and bayonets. That's what they had. So it's like, now when you have, you know, unmanned drones, it's, you need to frame the argument different and i believe thomas jefferson said something to the, to the effect of you know if we wore the same uh jacket when you're an adult as to when you were five years old you know you'd be looked at like an idiot and that's what and obviously that was well butchered quote yeah joe rogan said, <laughs> joe rogan said something like if our forefathers ever saw us now the first thing they would say is what you didn't write any new shit yeah exactly <laughs> was that in strange times the that's his uh special probably it was yeah, yes, yeah. it has to be because i yeah. think it's like one of the the his, first thing that shows up as the trailer yeah his 2017 special is amazing yeah really amazing man dude i just realized we've been at this and i love it because normally our pockets are like an hour but i just love naturally speaking to you I'm, it's got to be what like 90 minutes two hours here going on hour 23 hour 23 yeah this is just good energy yeah man. so uh, we got to do this more often. Yeah. And I would also love to have you on to co-host some podcasts too. Hell yeah. I just love the way you think about things. And even when we bring on new guests, I'm going to let you know, especially if it, there's like a thing, if you want to come in and just, we'll just get some combos. Dude, I'd love to. I'd love to be your uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. Oh yeah. From, uh, I don't know, your, your sidekick, so to speak. But this guy's a sleeper. I got to, 
I gotta oh, hang with him more. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, that, you'll, that's what I learned from it because I only met you once at the that dinner, and you, yeah, you were you were party. in like you were in work mode, but no, I gotta. Not too much time for chicks out there. You're a good dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll hang. Yeah, you're Maybe a good not dude. Pickleball, I can't promise that. But you know what? Football, I, I can I can help you plant something games. here. Yeah, whatever. What exactly? Football. We're building a a whole patio for the ice bath. So yeah, we're gonna do like Shit's we're gonna turn down. this place into a straight vibe. So it's already a vibe, but it's going to be, we want to do like wellness retreats where people come over and we do nice. a full day of sauna, ice bath, meditation. Love it. Like Love that it. vibe. Listen, if you need manual labor, free manual labor, don't go to Home Depot. I'm your guy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take you up on it. Yeah. How can, it. how can people on the show connect with you, find out about your children's books in the future and get more Evan in their lives? For now, you can't. I go, I'm off of most social media because, you know, I realized for me, it makes me, uh, it, it just, it's not conducive to the way I like to live. I like, I like having conversations, things that, you know, I don't take pictures of anything. Um, and I'll get better when you want to, I want to promote something that I care about. But as of now, I mean, shoot me a LinkedIn, Evan Paliata, P-A-L-I-O-T-T-A. <laughs> Evan Paliata, um, yep, the man. That's it. The myth. This is the damn good day show. Oh, I forgot the one question I forgot to ask. If you could go back in time and you could have told yourself at 16 years old, you at 30 to you at 16, and you could have said something that could have saved you a ton of time, money, heartache, headache. And naturally, the best answer is I wouldn't have said anything because it made me who I am today. Or I would have invested in Bitcoin or any of that stuff. What is maybe something that you would have told yourself? Or Just two things. Be more curious. I was much more curious when I left, you know, college than when I than when I got there. So I would just say, be more curious. Ask a ton of questions. Just try to get better every day. Don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to who you were. But and know yourself a little bit more. I also would have given myself a stack of books. That's for sure. Yeah, that would yeah. be tough though. Halo Three was raging back then. Oh, and I wasn't gonna read it. Modern Warfare Four? What? No, Modern Warfare Two was it? Like the, the Call of Duty Four, whatever that was. Oof, so many hours spent, all the wasted time. But you know what? We had fun. Got you to where you are today, and um, and yeah, life's not to be taken too seriously. Have, laugh at yourself. You know? True. So it's like whatever you wasted time. All right. Keep moving forward. You know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. I was playing a lot of video games. Now I'm a different guy. And if you're having trouble moving forward, talk to a good friend that'll help you move forward. Yeah. Because sometimes that's all you need. You just need to talk to someone else and just talk. Yeah, be open. Be be vulnerable. It's okay. Nothing. Tell us how you feel. the the, the, The worst possible scenario is really probably not that bad whenever you you think think that we're all just going to be dead in like 50 60 years like no matter what it really like dwells things down yeah it's like (laughs) and that's why i said i look forward to it because i'm like oh then all this is a gift and the odds of us being here are even so little i mean if you really do the math it's present is called a gift because you're in the present or the present is a gift what's that saying go um i'm gonna butcher it you know, know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah. Like, life is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Something like that. We ended on that. That's how yeah. it is. <laughs> this is the Damn Good Day Show. Till next time.
it is a damn good day to have a damn good day.